This is The Winner's Take with host Nelson Rowley Raisbeck and professional sports handicapper Dave Essler. Welcome into Winner's Take. I'm your host, Nelson Rowdy Raisbeck, joined as always by Dave Essler, professional sports better. Dave, just a quick review of what happened last episode. We went one, one, and one on our three plays. Ended up coming out actually just net even. Uh, no harm, no foul there, Dave. Yeah, and that's fine. I mean, you know, to try to pick a best bet, and we've been over this, to try to pick a best bet on a Thursday for a Friday is not easy. So, yeah, if we can be 500 at the end of the year, I'll probably be happy. I'm actually really excited for today's podcast. So, obviously, we're sitting here on a Thursday. It's May 18th, and all of the baseball games will be for Friday, May 19th. But we're also talking about the NBA playoffs in this podcast, and we're going to get into the Preakness, some horse racing. So let's actually start with the Preakness because obviously, Dave, everybody loves the Derby. Everyone you know bets on the Derby, whether it be what they would consider for fun or or for real. And they like to put on the goofy hats and go out and have some drinks. But I'm excited with the Preakness here. Now, this is quite a bit different than the Kentucky Derby. Uh, So what were you thinking for the 2023 Preakness stakes here? Well, I'm going to first be glad that my wife didn't hear you say in those those silly hats or whatever you called them, because I have a very nice picture of my, my wife at the Kentucky Derby in one of those stupid hats. So, <laughs> you know, to each his own. Um, you know, I looked this morning at the weather. I mean, that's always a thing. And there's a 50% chance of rain on uh, Saturday afternoon. And I really haven't taken the time to see who that may favor. I mean, I don't think you can until Derby Day. I mean, you can do the homework and 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 maybe be ready. Um, I I would think though that later in the day, uh, there may be less chance for rain. So you know, we'll have to wait and see on that. I mean, you know, and and I look at the Preakness. Unlike the Derby, I mean, there was a huge field and tons of value. And in the Preakness, there's eight horses, uh, which makes it harder to find that needle in a haystack. Um, we got the Derby winner, Maj Mage, in the field, and he's the prohibitive favorite. Um, but is he overvalued off of the old recency bias? I mean, obviously he can win, and a lot of people are going to root for him to win uh, because then they have a triple crown thing going on at the Belmont. But, you know, I try to look at why he may not win and not just fall over backwards. I mean, if he wins, great. Um, but um, we've seen plenty of one and dones in the Derby, and a lot of people like this guy, but you know, he can have problems breaking from the gate, um, but do not hear what I am not saying. He can also run away with a race, too, and I believe he's in the three position. So that's my take on him. Um, well, I, I like what you said there, Dave. I, I like what you brought up because I told you when we broke down the Kentucky Derby, I'm not a horse guy. I don't, I don't know anything about these horses, uh, but just from looking at it, the fact that the Kentucky Derby goes from 20 horses roughly to eight, well, that's already going to completely change the odds. And I believe Mage was like, depending on where you looked and what time, he was 15 to 1, 20 to 1. It's not like he was even a clear-cut favorite. Now, all of a sudden, because he won the Derby, he is the favorite. I'm with you. I, th- I think just from a common sense point of view, it doesn't feel like there's a ton of uh, value betting Mage here, even though he was the Kentucky uh, Derby winner. 
Yeah, I, I'm gonna. I'll tell you who I'm gonna pick to win. I mean, that's what people want to hear. I like National Treasure for a couple of reasons. You know, Good movie. first of, um, yeah, it was, <laughs> but you know, uh, I don't know if he was named after that movie. Um, I'll have to get a hold of Nicolas Cage in a bit when we finish here. Um, but first of all, he's in post position number one, and he's a fast starter, so he will have the early lead. And the question is going to be, will anyone catch him? Um, I don't know, but he's never finished worse than fourth. And the big thing for me here is he's being ridden by Johnny Velasquez. And Johnny's a pro. I mean, he's my favorite jockey to bet on, um, as well as being a man of the people. You know, I, I met him a couple of times in Kentucky, and he's just uh, he's just a super nice guy, friendly. Anyway, um, you know, with Mages in the three slot, um, and there's a donkey between them. I think it's the, the longest odds horse on the board. So, I mean, this could really be just a two-horse race, and whether Mage can catch national treasure. I mean, I think for me, that's the big question. Um, but in lieu of just taking the chalk, I'll take national treasure. So I'm looking at uh, some of these horses with the best odds. Obviously, we talked about Mage being the the favorite now after winning the Kentucky Derby. You said your pick to win. You like national treasure, which is four to one, and they are uh, sitting in the first slot. Now, first mission is five to two, but they're they're number eight, so they would be. I would I would take that on the outside. What is the difference here between obviously a, a horse that's inside on the rail or on the completely on the outside or boxed in maybe by like like you said like a donkey? Well, being boxed in by a donkey is great if he doesn't get out of the gate fast. But you know, the, obviously the outside post position has further to run. They just do it's a it's a math problem. But it's not as important in this race as it might be in a twenty horse race because there's a pretty big difference between the eight spot and the 20 spot in terms of getting to that rail. So, I mean, it's, it's a disadvantage, but I don't see it being a huge disadvantage here because we only have eight horses. Um, if I, if I had to pick a second guy that not a lot of people are talking about, I'd probably take blazing Stevens. Um, you know, Steve Asmussen's a really good trainer. Um, I like Ortiz, his jockey. Um, so that would be my second pick. Um, he's running out of the seven or, or second to last outside slot. But, you know, as I said, I, I think with only eight horses, uh, it's probably, I mean, it is, this is a little bit less of an issue where you are, uh, unless you're next to somebody that breaks super fast and, and you happen to want to rail. Um, and, and, and I, you know, the two guys that probably want to rail are one and three. So I don't see it as a fact at all. So there you go. There are some of Dave's picks for the Preakness stakes here, which is coming up on Saturday may 20th uh national treasure four to one that was dave's uh best bet for the preakness stakes now we want to get to some nba playoffs but first dave let's uh hop into our baseball slate as always like i mentioned earlier it's thursday it's may 18th we're recording this it'll be for the friday may 19th slate for major league baseball so let's look at our first game here First game we're going to look at, it's going to be the Boston Red Sox taking on the San Diego Padres. 8.40 Central Time first pitch. You got James Paxton on the mound for the Red Sox. Blake Schnell on the mound for the Padres. I like the way you said that, Schnell, like you're from the Gestapo or something. Um, I call him Schnell, uh, but that's a Southern thing, I guess. <laughs> and plus, I love to pick on you. Um, I had to instinctively think about the over when I looked at this, but Snell's been actually 
remarkably consistent with he has had five starts and he allowed three or less earned runs. Uh, and he's much, much, much better at home. And, you know, I look at Pacton and we talk about him last week. Uh, you know, we thought he was going to throw batting practice last week, but he pitched pretty well. He allowed two through five uh, with nine strikeouts. So, you know, I'll be looking to see what his strikeout total is. I've been cashing a lot for my clients with Brian Bellow's strikeouts over for the Red Sox. Um, and, you know, I don't think the books will will do much with Paxton. The Padres pens one thing that's been a positive for them, but really not much else. I mean, they're four games under 500. Once again, big preseason expectations. You know, the Boston pen had been among the league's best, but recently they've been getting hit hard. So I can see Boston first five and or the under because what we expect, again, is instinctively over. But I think both starters do pitch at least respectable. So I'm going to take the first five under. Yeah, I wrote down one thing for this game, and it was it was somewhat on par with what you have there. I actually took the under for the game. And the reason why I like the under currently sitting at eight and a half was, you mentioned it, Blake Schnell has pitched really good home, home splits here in his career. But I, I think it's also the fact that not a lot of these Red Sox hitters have actually seen Blake Schnell, being that he has been with the Padres for a few years now, and not a ton of them have seen him regularly when he was a Ray. Then on the flip side, James Paxton, like you said, on one of our last podcasts, we mentioned how the guy has hardly pitched in four years and he comes out, looks pretty decent. Well, Andy was pitching in the AL East. He hasn't seen hardly any teams in the NL West. Uh, It's almost like he's getting a free roll like he did against the Cardinals who had hardly seen him. And, he pitched good enough and both of these teams are going to be rested for this game. Both bullpens are decent. The Padres bullpen all of a sudden is coming on and looks lights out. And then on the flip side, I think we get a little bit of value on the Red Sox bullpen because they got absolutely blown up in one game against the Mariners where I may have been on the under. So I know this quite well, and that has really inflated their numbers. So yeah, I looked potentially at the full game being under. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we differ that much. I just decided to take the bullpens out of it. But, yeah, uh, we agree there. So going to look at our second game here. Second game that we're looking at, it's going to be a 6:20 central time first pitch. going to be on Apple TV. It's going to be the Seattle Mariners traveling to Atlanta to take on the Braves. You got the battle of the Bryces here. Bryce Miller on the mound for Seattle. Bryce Elder on the mound for the Braves. Both of these guys, very young pitchers. Yeah, I mean, people are going to see Bryce Miller and, and ask who, uh, who's this guy? But he's th- he's already made three starts. He's thrown 20 innings, given up seven hits in 20 innings and struck out 18. Seattle bullpen lately above average. Bryce Elder has only had one bad start, and that's also the only game he let any balls leave the park. Uh, three, to be fair, against a division opponent, to be fair. Uh, and the Braves bullpen lately, above average, familiarity, none. I don't need to go any further. Give me the first five under, and I'm going to make that my best bet for this podcast. All right, Dave. So this was one where I had the exact same things as you. Two pretty darn good young pitchers. Both guys have never seen the opposing team. Both bullpens have been pretty solid. Sometimes it's just that straightforward. I wrote down under for the game at eight and a half or the first five under. 
And since you gave out the first five under as your uh, best bet for this podcast, uh, I think we're taking the first five under. Um, you know, we're not having any disagreement so far. And that's not always a bad thing. Sometimes I'd like to disagree because we get information out there on both sides and people can, you know, see who they who, who, who sounds more believable, I guess. But, yeah, I mean, it's good to agree, too. So uh, let's hope that's a, a one to nothing game in the bottom of the ninth. Well, let's see if we have any disagreement for our third game. We're going to go to a 6.05 Central Time first pitch. Going to be the Chicago Cubs traveling to Philadelphia to take on the Phillies. Marcus Stroman on the mound for the Cubs. Ranger Suarez on the mound for the Phillies. Yeah, I mean, I thought I'd be able to find that edge here. I mean, this was one of those games where I got sort of a deja vu to the NFL where I'd go back and look at the, the preseason point spread. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, preseason list line would be considerably more slanted to the Phillies. So the question is, are we going to get more value with the Phillies like now? Or was the early line just off? Um, you know, the Suarez we saw last year was pretty solid. Uh, and lately, uh, the Philadelphia back end is allowing nothing. The Cubs back end isn't getting anybody out. So the Cubs full game is off the table. Stroman's been at least mortal on the road. Uh, but the Phillies don't hit lefties as well as righties. I'm going to take the first five under again. And as far as the side, both teams come in with a day off and are on losing streaks. So I'll pass. All right, Dave, we're going to have a little bit of disagreement here then. Uh, I looked at this game. I wrote two things down. Uh, there's, I feel like when you look at these two teams, Suarez is coming off of an injury. His only start was against Colorado. He was so-so at best. I have question marks about him because, like you mentioned, I don't know what I'm going to get from him. Marcus Stroman overall has been pretty darn good this year. and. You know, the the record as of late doesn't reflect it. If you look at back at what the Cubs have done in his last five starts, they're 0-5. If you look at what they've done in his last seven starts, they're 1-6. But he's thrown quite well. And, and, you know, I feel like we might be getting a bit of a cheaper price on Marcus Stroman because of how bad uh, the, the results have been in his game. So I actually looked at the Cubs – in the first five on the money line at plus money currently right around plus 115 if I had to guess and then the other thing I wrote down because Stroman got blown up in his last outing but it was really one of the only outings he's gotten hit hard and because I don't know what Suarez really is right now and both of these pens are question marks and like you said Cubs pen has been really bad as of late both of these teams in the top 10 of hitting an OPS versus uh, either the righty or the lefty uh, for Suarez and Stroman. I actually also wrote down the over eight and a half for the entire game. Well, so we disagree. Maybe it'll be scoreless in the sixth and, and, you know, three to three and going into extra innings and you'll get lucky. <laughs> but I, I would agree with you. If I'm going to bet a side, I'm going to take Stroman in the first five because only that last outing that you mentioned against the Twins did he not go five innings, uh, and he's allowed two or less runs in uh, all but two of his starts. So you kind of have to go with the math. Yeah, I feel that. like you gotta you gotta trust Stroman more than Suarez, and at the same time, if Stroman gets blown up like his last start, and then we know that the bullpens aren't great for both these teams, I feel like 
with the over and then the Cubs first five, I feel like it's a really good shot at the worst of splitting. Yeah, probably so. But, you know, I think I have enough risk on this one with the first five under. That's a, that's a, that's a dicey bet to make. And, and I just, you know, the rest of it has way too many variances outcomes possible for me. So that's why I sort of just stuck on what I feel like there's the least amount of variables there. So I'm only, dealing with the with the first five and I'm dealing with teams that haven't been hitting and yada yada yada. So I'm gonna win that bet. <laughs> so I and you said that uh very nonchalantly. I'm gonna win that bet. Well I I am tend to be nonchalant with a very dry sense of humor. Well let's let's move on to our next game. We'll see if we agree or disagree here. Uh the fourth game we got for Major League Baseball again this is going to be for the May fifth, or sorry, May nineteenth, Friday slate. We're looking at a six ten Central Time first pitch between the Cleveland Guardians and the New York Mets. Cal Quantrill on the mound for the Guardians. You have Cookie Carrasco on the mound for the Mets. Dave, I'm curious what you thought on this one because I thought this one was one I had an initial thought right away. Well, my initial thought, I would assume without looking that Quantrill's the better pitcher and the Mets are underperforming, so I would take Cleveland. Um, but I'm not sure. I mean, they've allowed five or more runs in five of the last six games going into Thursday, and both teams do play today, Thursday. So that made me sort of think about the over. Um, but Cleveland has arguably the better pen. And then, of course, there's Carrasco, who he's making his first start off the IL with elbow issues. And to me, he only threw 52 pitches in a rehab start, so he could be on a pitch count, which brings the Mets' pen more into the fold. So that's a tough one. I mean, Quantrill's decent, but he's not Cy Young. And, you know, who knows what Carrasco will do? I mean, he's certainly got the upside. Um, you know, I, I think I want to see what happens in their Thursday game, but all things being static, which they are not, I, I lean the Mets at home. Ooh, we're going to have a little disagreement here, Dave. I'm going to go and I'm going to roll with the – Guardians on the money line here, roughly plus 125. And the reason why I like Cleveland in this game is you got to lay it out. Quantrill has been decent, but he, he can be shaky at times. But I look at what he's done in May. Logged over 20 innings, giving up just five runs. That's good enough for an ERA, just over uh, 220. So that's pretty solid. And both of these offenses have been underwhelming. Both of these bullpens have been decent, but Cleveland's have been better. And like you said, just off the top of my head, I, I believe in Cal Quantrill more than I do Cookie Carrasco. Now, if this was five years ago, we might have a different discussion here. But he is coming off the IL Carrasco, that is. He has been shaky. And I think one of the big things that uh, hasn't been stated is the fact that Tito Ortiz used to manage in this team used to be Carlos Carrasco's last team before he had left. Like they know all about Carrasco. He was an Indian for a while. And not only was he an Indian for a while, that was when he had some of his best stuff. So uh, I like the fact that the team knows him quite well. I think I have the better pitcher and I do have the slightly better bullpen with two underwhelming offenses and I'm getting plus money. I'll take the, uh, Guardians roughly plus one twenty five on the money line. I can't deny that you just went the the route that I would probably think would be the the safest one, and I just tried not to do that. 
Um, you make valid points, and I could be wrong, but I kind of figured that you would go in that general direction with this game. So I, I tried to go the other way. And I'm going to make I, that my best bet for the podcast. Dude, I'm going to take oh, the, the oh. Guardians at plus 125, a little plus money here, and I'm going to go against you. And you know why, Dave? No. Because I ain't scared of you. I know you're not. <laughs> I don't blame you. I wouldn't be scared of me either. But I think I think we should make public a few of your texts lately. Okay. Now now we're shutting it down. Okay. You want to move on? Yeah, the final <laughs> let's go to the fifth and final one. Okay, fair. We're looking at uh the final game for our major league baseball slate. Gonna go to seven ten central time first pitch. Gonna be the Kansas City Royals taking on the Chicago White Sox. Zach Grinky on the mound for the Royals. Michael Kopech on the mound for the White Sox. Yeah, see, if I go first, I don't get to argue with you, and that you know, I don't know about all this, but yeah, I mean, Chicago plays the, the Guardians uh, Thursday today. What the Royals are resting, and they just took two or three from the Padres at San Diego. So situationally, this is a huge edge for the Royals. I mean, Granky's seen his better days, yes, but he can still handle himself, and he just did lose to the White Sox. So there's that. I love that angle, as you know. So there's two. Uh, And Kopech has thrown a couple of good games. So he has it in him, too. Uh, But overall, his aggregate numbers aren't good. Uh, I can't assume the over, because if we get the worst of the starters, we don't have the offenses that typically light up scoreboards. You know, I think I know what I'm getting from the Royals. And the variance I see in the White Sox is too much to bet on. So I'm going to take Kansas City. Well, we're going to have a, a bit of a deg- uh, of an agreement here, but I got I wrote down two things, so I want your opinion on hey, this. Wait thing. a minute. Do you, do you still use a pen and a piece of paper? Yes. Ah, old school. The only so, time I ever use a pen is to sign a check, and the only checks I sign are like two a month. Everything's online. Someday, Dave, when, you, someday when you get a little older, I'll teach you how to do that. Dave, I'm young. What the hell's a check? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have no. to pay my house. I pay my housekeeper with a check. <laughs> I'm joking, but uh, looking at what I wrote down here, I was kind of with you. Uh, White Sox obviously playing today as we record. Uh, Kansas City off. They get to rest the bullpen. They get just to rest the team in general. You know, Grinky has still had some decent stuff here and there. Same exact thing with Kopech. Uh He's been touched up a few times. Looked decent. I like the fact that I got the rested team. I actually wrote down Kansas City in the first five at roughly plus money. And then the other thing that I wrote down, because I know that both of these bullpens are terrible, but I know that the Royals are going to be rested, I actually wrote down, and I know that Michael Kopech can get touched up a little bit. This is interdivision. I actually wrote down the Kansas City team total over, and with the total being uh, nine and a half, and they are the underdogs in this game. I figured that I would place that team total roughly over four and a half. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, probably. If it's four and a half, I mean, they don't typically make them as, as, as even numbers. It's always the half run, and they wouldn't go to five and a half. So if it's four and a half, it'll probably be juiced, you know, to the over, probably pretty good. But I could not take the under, so by default, I agree with you. All right, Dave. So we gave out three picks last time, and just because uh, I want to kind of keep it even with number of picks, you're going with your uh, pick 
for the podcast is going to be the Seattle Mariners, Atlanta Braves. Was that first five under? Sure. And then my my official pick was going to be the Cleveland Guardians on the money line against the Mets at roughly plus 125. I want to get your opinion here. What would you rather go with? The Chicago Cubs in the first five innings plus 115? Or would you rather take the Kansas City Royals in the first five innings roughly plus 120? Uh, I would have to go Cubs. I like them both, but I would have to go Cubs. All right, that that's our three official plays then for this podcast. We're going to take the Mariners and the Braves first five innings under the total. We're going to take the Chicago Cubs in the first five on the money line, and then we're going to take the Cleveland Guardians for the entire game at plus 125 roughly on the money line. And, Dave, before we are out of here and conclude this podcast, I wanted to talk NBA playoffs here because – the last podcast we did, we did get a winner in the Miami Heat at roughly plus eight. Yeah, I like the Heat, and I actually forgot to bet them. So, you know, hopefully some of you guys did. I mean, I'm looking at the, the championship odds, and it was hard to believe that now the Heat have took, taken game one. Um, they're eight to one in the longest odds to win the whole thing. I mean, they beat the Bucks. In hindsight, might not have been the shock everyone thought it was. Uh, they split their season series with the Celtics. So, I mean, what's to say they can't, really? And the Lakers are now 5-1, to one, obviously the two longer shots, and they lost the first game. Now, they played 48 minutes and could have taken the second half off the other night, but I think they can steal game two, uh, and I'll probably take them plus 5.5. Uh, I do like the under tonight for anybody that's going to bet it um, or gets this early enough. I mean, both teams shot over 50% in game one. Both teams shot over 40% from behind the arc, and I just don't see that happening again. I mean, they only adjusted that total by one, practically begging betters to take the over again, and I'm not buying it. I'm taking the under. Well, there you go for the first game, which that Lakers-Nuggets game, actually Thursday, May 18th, uh, that he is talking about. Uh, obviously, you have the Nuggets favored by 5.5 total, currently around 226. Dave, you like the under in that game. Yeah, I do. I do. I like it quite a bit. Uh, that I did bet it. Unlike forgetting to bet the Heat in game one. See, I was looking at these two, and I still feel like I don't necessarily have a great feel for the Lakers-Nuggets series at this point. I wanted to see how game two played out to see if I if I could get a better feel of that series. But I do feel like I have a grip on the Heat-Celtics. And I think I would roll – now this is a Friday night game here, so tomorrow – I think I would roll with the Heat again, plus nine. They seem to kind of be a thorn in the side of everybody. Playoff Jimmy continues to perform. Uh, I do believe Spolstra has the edge and the coaching ability. And they just won the game outright as eight-point dogs. Why wouldn't I take them at plus nine? If I was going to bet a side, I mean, it would be the Heat. I mean, you know, yeah, we've seen what the Celtics can do after a loss or in the second half against Philadelphia, but you know, now that the competition's ramping up a little bit more, I think Miami plays probably the best defense of any team they've seen. Um, so, yeah, it would be Miami. But, you know, as far as that game two goes, I, I think I'm going to take the first half under. I mean, that 239 they scored in game one, I think that's the outlier for these guys. I mean, they had a 75-point third quarter and a 45-point fourth quarter. And I'll tell you, it's been my experience that the way one game ends, the next game starts. Similarly, so uh, I think Boston, 
they couldn't win last game by scoring 66 first half points. I mean, how many more are they going to score? I think, I think they play more defense early on and I will bet the first half under. Well, there you go. Dave likes the Lakers and the Nuggets under for the total. And he likes the heat Celtics first half under for the total. And those are the, those are the two NBA games where obviously you have odds posted throughout the weekend. Obviously we're going to have more NBA games, but I know, not a whole lot for us to go off of from what we, you know, we haven't seen it yet. Yeah. I mean, I, I sort of gave out the futures there that if anybody wanted to take the, the two, I mean, I mean, how do you not take Miami at eight to one when they're up a game and now have home court advantage? I mean, I, I think you have to. Um, so if I was going to throw that out there for a, for a longer term bet, that's what I would do. Um, and then, you know, maybe if the Celtics win the uh, game two, uh, you can you can get a better odds back on the Celtics and, and do something there. And then you can also hedge that game by game. So that, that would create a lot of opportunities going forward. Well, going into this Heat-Celtics series, I know we did a podcast where we talked about, you know, you're looking at that Heat series ticket. They're roughly, depending on where you look, was plus 400 to plus 390. And I know you said that uh, all the value's got to be on the Heat here you might want to think about getting a ticket now because if they win game one, it's going to go down. Well, if you look now, uh, the Heat are down to plus 170. You could have got them at roughly plus 400. Right. Well, unless I miss my guess, that's why I do what I do. That is true. I mean, you always want to get the best number. And, you know, oftentimes, even if you – you know, if you get the best number and you kind of know you're going to get the best number, you know, that's not a bad position to be in because you can always buy off of it at some point, you know, or, or like I said, heads game to game. But you, if you start with that best number, you're going to put yourself in more good positions to do that. Um, so, you know, that's one of the reasons, aside from obviously it increases the expected value, um, that's one of the reasons of getting the best number. So. Yeah, we try to do that. Yeah, you probably could have had the heat for a whole lot cheaper even back, you know, three months ago. But nobody was listening to this podcast three months ago because we didn't do it three months ago. So that's my story and I'm sticking to it. But Dave, that's also why you're the professional and why I still send you uh, text messages from time to time. Yeah, it's funny that your text messages sound like some of the ones I wrote like 15 years ago. You know, oh, God damn it, I'm going to throw the remote. I'm going to do this. Why does this always happen? You know, it still happens to me. I mean, last night, I, you know, I had the Angels and I uh, Mets rather in Tampa Bay under for the full game, kicking myself in the ass. I didn't take first five because it was like one to nothing in the sixth. It was five to two in the bottom of the ninth. I'm still good. Mets tie it up five to five. We go to extra innings. I'm screwed. So, yeah, I mean, I just woke up this morning and rolled my eyes because I turned it off at the bottom of the ninth because it's one of those things I almost do. Well, this is like, from my perspective in the, in one of the last texts that uh, you're referring to, I might have had the under in a game that looked like it was going to be a pretty safe under late until five runs go on the board the last couple innings. And, of course, the certain team has a position player pitching for them and it's a guy that used to play on my favorite team that I thought was trash from years ago and I had to watch him fart around and try and pitch and then lose my under but I digress you can see clearly there's some frustration 
Yeah, I mean, I get frustrated too. Um, but it, you got to just take it with a grain of salt. I mean, if you want to stay in the game long term, because it's going to happen. But you have to remember, you're going to win that way at times too. But we tend to remember the ones that really sucked. But I don't think, you know, I guess I get, I guess I still get pissed, but I get over it rather quickly because I have no choice. You know, I have my bankroll and my client's bankroll to worry about. So I guess by default, I've gone into stay, uh, getting pissed, but not staying there too long. Well, there you go. And just to to end the podcast here, if you want to find Dave on Twitter, it's at Dave underscore Essler. You want to find any of his work, it's at pregame.com. You want to find me on Twitter, it's at Rowdy underscore Razor. Uh, Dave, just to real real quick recap the podcast, I know we started with the Preakness Stakes. You did like National Treasure at roughly 4-1. to one. To win Correct. the business. Obviously, Correct. we ran through some of our major league baseball picks. We ended up going with for official mm-hmm. plays the Seattle Mariners, Atlanta Braves, first five under the total. Uh, we looked at the Chicago Cubs for the first five on the money line, roughly plus 115. And then we took the Cleveland Guardians on the money line at roughly plus 125. And then we talked about the uh, NBA here, and you like the under in the Lakers Nuggets at under the 226, and you also uh, looked at potentially the Heat Celtics first half under. You got you got what I said right. There you have it. So, uh, yeah, we'll continue to uh, look into Major League Baseball. We'll talk about the NBA playoffs. Whenever a big event like a derby or uh, the Preakness pop up, we'll continue to, to touch on those. Because we're starting to get to uh, no man's land of sports. But we'll keep uh, figuring some different topics out. Keep plugging away. But until then, let's continue to make some money. The Winner's Take is your podcast for everything gambling. At MadCitySportsZone.com. In the Zone app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen, rate, subscribe.